Hello, welcome to Fresh Pressed for June 30th, 2020. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. Uh, this is a show about music. We talk about tunes and grooves. Um, this is, uh, well, I was going to say a heavy one, but it's not like we haven't had heavy ones for the past couple. Yeah, we're going to do another week where we're talking about a major figure and event leading up to and through the modern contemporary Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so this week, we're going to talk a little bit about Trayvon Martin, and we have songs from or about Trayvon or around the events surrounding Trayvon. Um, so I think most people who listen to this podcast know about Trayvon Martin just because of how recent um, his death and killing was. I remember the events of 2012 very vividly, in part because, uh, Andrew, uh, maybe you're aware, but Trayvon is also born in 1995. Yeah. You know, he was our exactly age. our age. Our year in school when he was killed. Um, and I remember that at the time, and it's still having a pretty big impact on how I saw the world, um, especially from a racially uh, motivated and racist perspective. So I think a lot of us know the story of Trayvon out going to um, his, I think, father's fiance's house as just like a teenager and attracting the attention of uh, George Zimmerman, who ended up following him chasing him and killing him one evening in in Florida. The shooting of Trayvon Martin was definitely racially motivated, right? And this is something that became extremely obvious and was talked about a lot in corners of the media and corners of the social activism sphere, right? Like just the idea of a kid wearing a hoodie, you know, triggering the attention of a man who was basically looking for a fight and looking to do something or take charge or uh, through the racist, uh, the structurally racist organizations and laws such as Stand Your Ground, um, which is what Zimmerman took advantage of, as well as like neighborhood watches, right? Which inevitably target people who look different and particularly black and brown people and black and brown bodies. The shooting of Trevor Martin was particularly important nationally, uh, both because the the trial of George Zimmerman got a lot of coverage uh, and his acquittal, and uh, through comments from President Obama at the time, this is one of the earlier instances, especially in his first term, he didn't speak out so much about racial justice, and the Trayvon Martin incident kind of elevated that to uh, a higher in the political sphere. The killing of Trevor Martin also led fairly directly to the Black Lives Matter movements. Um, it was one of the events and driving forces that led to the kind of the first incarnation, or the first major rise in national relevance of the movement. Um, I think it was a Facebook post or maybe a tweet about Trevor Martin that actually had the words Black Lives Matter in it and kind of spawned that movement. I think what made, I mean, there were a number of, Things and people have commented more broadly and more accurately about what made the killing of Trayvon Martin so particularly important. But I think it was really just the idea of this innocent teenager, so obviously innocent and with such recognizable like teenager traits, you know, like like a hoodie, being gunned down just because of he was like going about his business. 
one particular uh, reaction to Trayvon Martin's death was uh, a large outpouring of support and grief uh, across the country, but especially in the black community. And there was a lot of like figures of the entertainment industry, such as the music industry, that started to speak out. So we see a lot of music that came out of this movement. There was, um, you know, the, the famous pictures of like the Miami Heat, um, if you're a basketball person, wearing hoodies and making that statement. So we're going to touch on a couple songs that talk about Trayvon, both of which were recorded a few years later, um, just a few years ago, but um, that kind of express some of the emotion and some of the confusion and grief uh, about the shooting of Trayvon Martin that still resonates into today. So, Andrew, what song did you bring today um, about Trayvon? Uh, the song I have is called Trayvon Martin, and it's by Alexander Kane. Sunday afternoon, switching past the news because I couldn't bear to see another brother in the heavens, but he taken too soon. Even though we never met, you were brother to me. You and I, we are one and the same. Made the same mistakes, but we destined for a change. It's melanin intelligence, the color is irrelevant, the prejudice indefinite. Um, so Alexander Kane is a rising junior at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Wow. Um, which is cool. So he's younger than us, which means he's also younger than Trayvon Martin would be. Um, but around the time that he, I think... When he when this song came out, or probably when he was recording, he would have been about seventeen or eighteen, so about the same age. Um, which I did not realize on f- when I first listened to the song. I didn't know that until I looked into who Alexander Kane was. But it makes his personal connection a lot more powerful because he says, like, you know, we're similar, and I didn't realize that he meant that like he was the same age that Trayvon was when he was writing this song, which is yeah, upsetting. Yeah, there's something about being able to really link yourself in some personal way to any sort of tragedy. But in this case, like it makes it almost so much more unfathomable. Like, holy shit. I was, we're like, we're the same age. Yeah. You can sort of hear him as a young man of color, like recognizing and like coming to terms with that could easily have been me. Not only I'm the same age, but I'm, he's, you know, he's mixed race, so he's also, and he's, he has dreads, like, he presents very black. So he could absolutely be targeted in the same sort of way. Um, and he sort of realizes that and is uh, rapping about that. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful song, and it's really poignant. I love the hook, too, which is uh, Mona Fahad, who I could, literally, I could not find anything about her except for her name on a list of the honor roll at her high school in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is also where Alexander King went to high school. So I guess she's just a classmate of his. They probably recorded this in high school, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he graduated in 2018, and that's when this came out. So, But that's all I know about Mona Fahad. She does great on this song, and apparently she did very well in school. She's on the honor roll. So <laughs> congratulations, Mona. <laughs> Andrew, I'm sure you're going to want to talk about the lyrics, and we will. Um, but I also wanted to just point out how like, calm and controlled Alexander Kane's 
flow is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very even and rhythmic and very aurally pleasant. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. It's a, uh, it's very, gra- his flow is very grounding. It's not like yeah. aggressive or too fast or too slow. It just feels very present and in the moment. They police the children because they're scared of the dark and now Questioning the Lord and why the hell he had to take him He was destined for some greater things and I was name forsaken Why the hell he had to take him Racist media is unforgiving Demonize the children in a hoodie with a bag of Skittles Fuck Tell me don't be pessimistic Should be counting The premise of this song is him sort of coming to terms with Trayvon Martin and in general white violence against black people in America. Ultimately, though, it is sort of an optimistic song, and it's also about faith. The way he's he's reckoning with this is, he says, you know, he said that, like, everything happens for a reason, and I don't know that I believe that, but I still believe in you, you being God, I assume. Um, he never says God, so it could be Satan. But also, here's a picture of him with a big cross, and it does look to be right side up, so... I think it might be God that we're talking about here. I think that's probably a a fair guess, Andrew. I think you're right that in general it's optimistic, although there are some pretty uh, intense lines in the song. You know, he talks about, like, what are the lessons to be taken away from something like this? Like, as a kid, what am I supposed to be learning from this? If I'm supposed to be learning from life, this doesn't feel like uh, a positive takeaway. So I think you're right on the whole, but there are times when Alexander Kane sounds like a teenager and it's like channeling that confusion like what what the fuck is this and um how do i how do i deal with this and yeah turning turning to god and turning to faith is definitely one positive way that a lot of people work through questions like that yeah i don't mean to say that it's like a totally optimistic and happy song i just mean like ultimately he does that's what he does he turns to faith to to reckon with uh this tragedy that could have easily happened to him they say everything happens for a reason I don't know if I believe it But when it comes to you I still believe So Gabe, what do you have that is a song about Trayvon Martin? This is a song. It is titled Hymn for Trayvon. And it's by Braxton Cook off his LP Somewhere in Between. Um, are you familiar with Braxton Cook, Andrew? I'm not. I also listened to this song this week, but uh, other than this, I'm not familiar. Um, so I was—I've never, never listened to any of his solo stuff, but he has—he is an alto sax player who has worked quite a bit with some other uh, contemporary jazz musicians that I really like, um, particularly Christian Scott Atunde Ajua. Oh yeah, who is a major young influential jazz trumpet player um, who also does a lot of crossover work. Um, And similarly, Braxton Cook um, has done a lot of crossover work into kind of the pop realm. Uh, He's worked with uh, Rihanna and Solange as well as Christian Scott and Christian McBride, uh, another great horn player. So somewhere in between was his solo debut uh, from 2017. 
Um, he had been playing with a variety of groups and doing some smaller works. He's got a pretty solid uh, educational pedigree. Um, he's from D.C., went to Georgetown, and then transferred out of Georgetown to um, a little place called Juilliard in New York. Fuck off. <laughs> Just study jazz um, and alto sax. This song, he says he wrote it. And in the title, he claims he wrote it, but we don't believe it. Is that what you're going for? Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely the mood. Um, and I think it's kind of a beautiful blend of gospel-oriented music and and uh, modern contemporary jazz. I would call the song "Stirring." Maybe that's <laughs> yeah. It, no, I mean it really it it does invoke kind of that hymn the hymnal vibe that you would get from being in the church and hearing this, um, like this really big, soaring, beautiful melody that's pretty slow um, to open the song, which is just gorgeous. Braxton Cook has an unbelievable tone. Just like the timbre of the sound he produces on the saxophone is so pure and delightful, really. So right, he, he opens with this sax melodic solo where he's really just pulling and pushing the rhythm of the song to create kind of like this really gorgeous, moving, slow melody. And then it kind of launches into a more steady rhythm section he plays a variation of the melody um, and then there's a couple solo sections with uh, the sax and the piano the whole song closes with the melody again which is a very traditional jazz structure where you have melody solos and then a melody to end the song and the solos are based off of the same chord structure that the melody is played One thing that I like about Braxton Cook is that his solos feel original and fresh, but they're very accessible. I think especially like heading into the 2000s, jazz became, a lot of like jazz solos became like difficult for somebody to listen to if you've never, like if you haven't listened to like a whole history of jazz, right? Yeah. Like we've talked about some of the use of extended technique, which can sound uh, bizarre to people's ears. And, uh, you know, you get kind of complicated chord structures and soloists and musicians playing very like, contemporary, uh, maybe you'd call it avant-garde styles. But like Christian Scott and Braxton Cook very much care about uh, more traditional Western melodic structures in really beautiful ways. Um, but it doesn't feel like rehashed or recycled. It's, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. And it's fun too. The in like it's tackling an important and heavy topic, but it, the solos are playful and joyful. Like when the piano solo comes in, uh, it comes in as an echo to start of the alto sax solo, playing 
some of the same licks on the piano and, and really making that flow, which is something that comes from two experienced musicians who have played a lot together and know how to play off of each other. I gotta say, when I first listened to this song, I was like medium interested at the beginning. And then I was like, oh, the song's already ending. Oh, okay. I guess that was just like a short little nothing thing. So move to the next thing. And then it just like cuts into the full groove. It's so good. Yeah, it's a good moment. It is a really good moment. This week was a cornucopia of new music. Incredible. So much good stuff. Hard to choose. So much corn. You know what they say, knee high by the 4th of July. Um, okay, fair enough. That's fair enough because I also said sense something about corn. Yep, right. Uh, so okay. anyway, Andrew, what did, why don't you tell us what song you selected amongst this bounty? Um, there is so much stuff. But the song that I settled on for the show this week is a new single by The Suffers, which is called Take Me to the Good Times. to the ball good times oh yeah is that not what the song was no it wasn't oh. did you listen should... to, did you not listen to the song i guess not no no I whoops to it. it's like, such a good song wow so fun really so happy so do you know the suffers gabe not at all they are a band from houston mm, h-town h-town yes correct uh led by cam franklin she's the I think she's the main songwriter and she's also the singer, obviously. And it's a, it's a big, like, I think there's, I think there's currently seven people in it. There've been, you know, as many as 10 people in it at different times. Soul funk kind of band. Um, they call their sound. Uh, I know you love hearing what artists call their own genre. They call it yes. Gulf coast soul. Cool. And I mean, I hear it. Houston's on the Gulf coast. Well, yes. I mean, that is, <laughs> yes, Correct. Gulf Coast Soul, because they have a whole mix of different styles. This one's very, like, funky and soulful. That's sort of the two styles in this in this track. But there's a lot of other stuff. There's a lot of, like, uh, Cajun kind of stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, you can hear the, like, the New Orleans big band influence, like, deep in the roots of this music. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anyway, this song is a fucking jam. Do you know if they wrote this song specifically in light of COVID? So here's here's a quote from Cam Franklin, the lead singer and songwriter. Um, she says, We honestly thought that last year would be the hardest we've ever had to push through. It brought us the loss of two of our founding members, our trailer, and $40,000 worth of instruments getting stolen. Through all that, we chose to enter the recording studio last fall with our head held high, knowing that bigger things were on the horizon. So it's not uh, specifically about uh, the pandemic and everything, but it certainly feels timely and was born out of a difficult time for them as a band. I 
I love the intro of this song. It's just like a nice little piano intro and it's very, very chill. And then the the bass comes in with the hi-hat and it's, then you, then you get the groove going and it's so good. Then the piano comes back in and it's even funkier than it was before. So good. It's so good. And she has a great voice, especially for this kind of music. She has an incredible voice. Uh, it's got so much. It feels like it has a lot of history to it, you know? Her voice has been places. She has so much range. She actually started out as a um, as a backup singer. I think that's how she started her music career and then um, started doing solo stuff and then formed this band. Um, I love the way that she sings the, the refrain of this song and especially the way that she punctuates it with breaths. Um, and that's part of like, you can tell that she's a very talented singer because there's lines where she's singing for a while with no breath and she sounds totally fine. And there's other stuff where she w- puts the breaths in specifically for color. Like every breath that she takes is is not just uh, like for air. It's also for vibes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's with a lot of intention. Yeah. This song becomes like a full-on party when she's just like listing take me back to like insert city name here um and like the all the instrumentals are getting more and more exciting and then the very end it cuts and there's just this harmony which really sounds like parliament to me did you get that feeling from that from those last like harmony lines i know exactly what you're talking about but i didn't immediately think about parliament I like heard it and I just it felt like I was listening to Flashlight. Yeah, I hear it. I'm going to put in Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put in a clip of Flashlight and then a clip of this so you can hear the vocal like the harmony style that I'm talking about. Oh, listener, decide for yourself. Everybody's got a little light under the sun, 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 under the sun. Gabe, what's new with you this week? This is Fog is a Funny Thing from Bad Moves off their new record, Untenable. So Bad Moves is also from Washington, D.C., just like Braxton Cook. Wow. Um, But instead of making jazz, they make power pop, I guess. So it's it's four people, uh, Emma Cleveland, David Combs, Katie Park, uh, and Dowd Tyler Amin. And something that I like is on their website, they don't list anybody as a vocalist because everybody kind of takes turns singing. Nice. So they just have like... You know, Emma and David are the guitarists, and Katie plays the bass, and Dad plays the the drums. So 
figure out who's singing whenever. Um, and they do take <laughs> turns, as is evidenced on this song, where the first half of the song is sung by one of the women, and the second half of the song is sung by uh, David Combs, I think. Like your previous song, this is a song where at the beginning it was like, yeah, I'm not so sure about this. And then it got into it, it was like, oh, I'm very sure about this. Yes, just like the previous song, there is a great transition from like this slow, stately intro section into like a rollicking, grooving uh, bass and drum line. But most of their album is like so energetic. Uh, it's like raucous, like guitar pop and sparkling and so fun. And then this song comes kind of like towards the end of the album and it's like very slow and immediately catches your attention when you're listening to it. And then it bursts kind of like back into the, back into the energy. In general, they this album is uh, like very socially aware, very like millennial anti-capitalist sentiment. Uh, like they have a song called "Working for Free" about wage labor and uh, slave labor in the United States. So, "Fog" is a funny thing. Um, uses fog as a metaphor for a couple different things, but I think primarily for mental illness and depression. Also, I have to say, um, Fog is a Funny Thing feels like the name of a song from a musical. It does. Or it sounds like an old jazz standard. Oh, yeah. Funny val- My Funny Valentine. <laughs> my Funny Fog. I have nothing. My Foggy. My Foggy Valentine. My, my foggy, foggy Valentine. Fo- my my foggy bottom. That's also in DC. <sighs> anyway, um, I I just deeply enjoyed this entire record. It's like, like you know, thirty five minutes, quick, like lots of punk elements. Not usually your bag. Any of this, really? No, it isn't. We really swapped this week. Well, I still brought like a funk song, which I don't think you would have brought, but still. <laughs> No, the, your new song was very much on brand. I'm just, you know, I'm uh, reaching out of my comfort zone, Andrew. That's not true. I love this kind of music. You know, like, <laughs> when I was, like, uh, a teen, I guess, I was really into Yellow Card. So you can kind of see some of the... Okay. Or, like, Blink. You know, like, uh, Poppy Punk. Um, I love some of the, the lyricism in this song. Uh, the last uh, couple lines is, look out at the world filtered in brushstrokes, vague, impressionistic, and let it all roll in like fog, let it all roll over. Which is not the kind of lyricism I'm accustomed to from uh, this sort of genre of music. <laughs> and, and that kind of ties in with their whole thing and why I like the band and why I like the album is that it's um, great, fun music, but it's got like great lyricism and serious messages behind a lot of the music. Now 
we will present you with some other options if you weren't thrilled with our particular choices because literally just so much good stuff from the last Friday in June. Dedicated Men of Zion, uh, an album called Can't Turn Me Around. It's a great, great gospel soul album by like a family of dudes. It's very good. Jessie Ware put out her new record um, titled What's Your Pleasure, which is like super disco-y. She's fairly well known. Um, I've been following her since her first record, Devotion, and this is probably my favorite album that she's put out. It's delightful and so fun and good. And she's an incredible voice. Uh, Flock of Dimes, which is Jen Wozner from Y Oak's solo project. Um, she put out a an EP this week called Like So Much Desire, and it's also very good. Arca put out her new record called Kick Eye, where she has a bunch of collaborations with various artists, including a song where Bjork sings in Spanish and an absolute banger with Rosalia. Uh, Rayla Montaigne put out a new album called Monovision that uh, he did entirely himself. Wrote every song, of course, played every instrument, engineered every track, and it's really good. And also half of it, I kept having to check the song credits to make sure that it wasn't a cover of like a song from the 60s. Um, speaking of music that feels kind of throwbacky while still being modern, uh, Haim have their new record, uh, probably up there for album of the year for me, um, Women in Music Part 3. Yeah, that's very uh, good. From the Three Sisters. They're very good. Um, Dirty Projectors put out an EP that was pretty cool. I think just stuff that they're doing, I don't think they're in the studio. I think it's all just homemade stuff and it's all pretty good. Um, I may have mentioned her previously, but um, Jess Williamson put out uh, a single called Pictures of Flowers, which is about like, COVID and Los Angeles um, that she does with uh, Hand Habits. Oh, yeah. That's an excellent song. I approach that from the Hand Habits angle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pause for Keaton Henson Watch. Oh, Keaton Henson Watch. There's <laughs> a new song called Ontario. And it's honestly really, really good. I was very into it. And there's like a beat to it, which is not always a good thing with Keaton Henson because sometimes he, you know, it, it gets a little rough. But I thought this was a great track. I'm very excited to see what he's doing with his whole thing. Um, for those of you into Thai funk, uh, Krungbin put out their mm. new record, Mordecai. Like just the best summer background music of all. Like they're just so good at it. They're so good at what they do. Aren't they also from Houston? I believe they are also from Houston. A lot of good grooviness from, from H-Town this week. Uh, Leanne LaHavas did a cover of Weird Fishes by Radiohead. Oh, so good. And it's so good. It's There's so At good. the beginning, it starts with the same beat that Weird Fishes start, that the original version starts with. And then that stops and a much groovier beat comes in. And I just love that. That's like her being like, yeah, fuck you, Philip Selway. I have a better idea. She's so good. So good. Trayvon Martin, 
and um, the Black Lives Matter movement. A reminder once again to support uh, the cause and the people involved or get out there yourself, make a difference. Um, we're just a quick little spotlight on the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, which does a lot of important work defending people of color, providing a more just world. Um, and they're kind of a broader national organization. But also always um, there's local organizations wherever you are in the country. You know, if you're local in San Jose, uh, the Silicon Valley DSA has been doing a, a lot of groundwork in organizing here and South Bay Mutual Aid has been organizing as well. Um, so get involved if you can, um, wherever you are. Slightly less importantly, um, quite a bit less importantly, but we'd love it if you did anyway. You can give us a follow on Twitter at Fresh Pressed Pod. Uh, we have a Spotify playlist with all of our song picks from the weeks that I usually don't remember to update, but sometimes I do, and it's currently updated, so you can go uh, listen to our songs there. After that, we'll be back on July 7th with more tunes uh, and more grooves for your enjoyment. But for now, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you've been listening to Fresh Press. 